This is an Alliance podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Florida Culture Podcast, a soccer podcast for us, by us, talk about the intersection of black culture and soccer. Got your boy here, Grego here. Got your boy here, TK on the ones and twos. No, Tony has not turned white. It is uh, uh, our, our homie from Tanner McLeod, man. What's good with you, man? It's been a while since you the show, man. Yeah, it's been, oh, God, like. Back when we could see people. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's yeah, been- yeah. 2019 at least for sure yeah christmas yeah christmas yeah so like yeah right before everything went to shit (laughs) before everything went to shit damn um yeah it's been a minute you know uh just kind of getting back into life being a little bit more normal having matches to go to and full matches at that from this weekend so yeah it's it's fun to get back out and you know i hadn't seen aj for over a year until um yeah Philadelphia match and you know everyone knows he's been through a lot in the last year and it's just like right. you know that's my boy who I've spent so much time with you know working so hard with Atlanta and TV and you know he's still absolutely working his ass off to make that channel and the content that they put out across all their social media platforms you know popping all the time and he just does some great work so yeah I mean I'm still super proud of that dude um and yeah it's wild man you guys good good yeah man uh this saturday is about to be a, a big day for us here the well the second game of the home game of the season and we're gonna be a hundred percent capacity a whole 45k man are y'all ready for that maybe <laughs> i'm back i'm fully vaccinated i have been for a month now i'm gonna wear a mask to the game like i feel fine i feel safe and like I think it, I think there's, you can have it both ways right now. If you don't feel safe, you don't want to go. That's totally up to you. But if you have been vaccinated, like, why wouldn't you go? And, and I'm excited. You know, there's a bunch of the people that I'm close with that I know that you guys know have all been vaccinated. So mm-hmm. it's just, I know I can see them, and it's the first time I've seen a lot of them or seen a few of them in a very long time. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll, it'll feel a little bit like life being back in normal. Oh, absolutely. It'll be weird, but like with the masks and everything, but. It'll feel a little bit like life being back normal. What's been good with you, TK? Um, hey, because you've you been a busy weekend, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been very, very busy. Uh, I can't say too much. I just signed an NDA on one of those. But um, work has been kind to me. Um, got to meet a guy that I watched growing up playing basketball. So that was cool. One of the local Turner stars. Uh, I guess you can probably pick it out in your head from there, or at least. Is it the big one? Not not the the big big one. He was supposed to be there, but he wasn't. Too busy serving pizzas. <laughs> yeah, something I don't know. Or trying to get the Krispy Kreme back up running. <laughs> um, yeah, just been been blessed with work. Uh, been extremely busy. Um, celebrated uh, the first Mother's Day. Had a birthday. So a uh, lot, lot a lot of things. Uh, just just catching up. Just catching up. It's real. <laughs> been running. That's crazy. I haven't seen you since you became a dad. Yeah. It's this is a, a mini reunion right here, folks. Yeah. Just, yeah. just so we all know, uh, me and Tanner used to chop it up pretty much almost like at least once a week. Yeah, when he came into the team store, it was great. Mostly about how shit made out of work. Yeah, but COVID is a way of ruining things. <laughs> yeah, base. But um, I mean, I think getting back to the game. Uh, I mean, the CDC says like you know, it's cool to have if you're vaxxed up. 
at least wear a mask. So like, I think that's that's pretty simple, you know. So if you can do at least that, then is uh, assuming at least half of the crowd is is uh, vaccinated, then I'm assuming it should be all right. So let's you know hope for the best uh, this weekend. You know, looking out for you know a good crowd. Hopefully, the home team continues to rebuild their momentum since getting out of the Champions League. Of course, they had the one-one draw this past weekend against uh, Inter Miami. Before we go into the napalm that happened, of course, you know, thank you guys for checking us out on your favorite podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Anchor, Audio Boom, and of course on the FTC UTD YouTube channel. Um, yeah, everything was good, you know, Sunday. And then come Tuesday, shit hit the fan. For those of y'all who are away from the blast area. Our man, uh, Felipe Cardenas, excellent uh, writer with the athletic. Of course, he's been on the show here with us before, uh, put out a, ooh, a juicy, uh, article, uh, regarding the home team. Basically just talking about the behind the scenes and how basically we kind of got to this point, you know, given the last two years, it's kind of been a, a bit of turmoil, uh, between Tata Martino leaving the whole shit with, uh, Frank DeBoer, even going as far as, um, you know, the, all the roster moves that came before the beginning of last season. And where, I mean, where do we start here? I mean, we could talk about the breakdown of Tata Martino's uh, relationship with uh, Carlos Bocanegra, the technical director. Uh, we could talk about Nagby and how that hurt. We could we could have kept Nagby, man. Nagby and Bielsa were the two bits. That I was just like, oh, let's start there. Let's start there because <laughs> that's where the article started. So do you leave that man on red? Okay, let's rewind the calendars back to 2016. Let's do that real quick. When we didn't have a head coach, we I don't think we even had anyone signed yet on the team. So Darren Neal's president, Carlos Bocanegra, technical director, they're out searching for um, our first manager. Amongst that list of options came Marcelo Bielsa. For a lot of you that might not know that name, of course, right now he's coaching right now at um, at a Leeds United in the Premier League. And um, basically, he's one of the most world-renowned um, minds in the game. Everyone fucks with his shit all the time, especially especially with those um, in uh, South America. But really, his influence is global. So... Is one of his like acolytes. Yeah. And so we had the opportunity to sign him. And apparently the presentation was made, the interest was there. And then next thing you know, we don't call him back. <laughs> he wanted the job. He was interested in us because he was like, oh, I get to build something from scratch. And then he makes an entire presentation, breaks out everything they need, and then we don't call him back. You don't call him back. He wanted this job. He wanted to come to America. He wanted to come to MLS. He wanted to come Atlanta. to Atlanta. To Atlanta. This man who has influenced soccer for the last 30 years, really. I mean, he's Tata's influence. He's Heinz's influence. He's Pep's influence. He's just keep going on. Four more years of Tata? We insulted this man so much. He said, never call Tell them never call me. Don't call me no more. Lose my number, B. <laughs> us to walk on wow so not only did we not get him then we will never get him ever i mean and it's funny because like if 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 you haven't done so already 
at least get to trial of the athletic because yeah, you need to read all this shit because it doesn't even stop there. It apparently we had uh, we had the we were presented with the options of Marcello Lippi who won the World Cup with Italy in 2006. Uh, we had the uh, availability of Claudio Ranieri who won the Premier League with Leicester <laughs> uh, a few years back. Like we could have had Heinze two years ago when we hired De Boer. I'm like. What the hell? <laughs> we could have Marcelo Gallardo, who was um, he won the um, Libertadores, ball Libertadores with uh, with Pity a couple years ago. Like we had options, and we, we didn't have options. And at the same time, they lied to Darlington Nagby. They lied to Nagby, and they effed the coaching serve at the same time. But we lucked out, and we did hire Tata Martino, but. They didn't outright say it, but they did say that apparently the, the relationship between Tata and Carlos Bocanegra broke down to a point where essentially Tata left because of he couldn't handle the micromanaging course. Who likes to be micromanaged? I'm like, you have a world class manager that you were able to still hire and he probably would have been open to staying if you just let him do his shit. I mean, his shit did lead to an MLS Cup. And he could tell Tata Martino what to do. Like, you know, what were like, why would I tell TK what to do with sound? That doesn't really make sense because I don't have any qualifications there. And just because I know about something doesn't mean that I can tell someone who's an expert what to do. I mean, I, I look at it from two different perspectives there. Of course, the obvious perspective is, of course, you have a, a manager on the level of Tata Martino that has done it all and been everywhere and has the experience to where it's like, you don't have to watch over his shoulder to do shit. Um, At the same time, you have a rookie technical director in Carlsberg Negra. Mind you, he has, his resume is as a player. His resume isn't as a technical director. And yeah, I don't know if there's a case of where he wanted to be so hands-on that he just couldn't help himself. Or maybe it was just like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm trying to learn. And I'm like, maybe that's the only benefit of the doubt that I'm trying to get, even on the farthest reach that I can give. And even even that course, even how you're looking at me right now, Tanner, is like, yeah, I don't know about that one. But like, that's about the only way I could see where it might have been justified. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, why are you here? Because you're, you're sitting in on meetings. You're sitting on the bench at, at, at games, giving instructions to players. It's like, you know, if if I'm Tata, I'm like, yeah, like, dude, get out of here. And that's basically what he had, he had to do at some point. It was like, yeah, you say, hey, you're banned from all this shit. Like, you know, you do your job. Let me do mine. Let me do mine. <laughs> and when he hired DeBoer, basically, he just kind of like got DeBoer in, 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 the, in the dark. He said, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and make my moves. And you just and you just coach. And I think that in the big picture, it actually – it absolves the board somewhat because obviously with the Ross moves that we made that we made last year, clearly they weren't made with his knowledge. So lo- losing um, Nagby, losing LGP, losing Gressel, like he didn't even know that Gressel was was about to get traded. It's like, dude, like that's that's how bad it got. So, and clearly he he made it clear because he spoke with the Athletic last year that. Why would we get rid of Gressel when he's basically involved with the majority of Joseph Martinez's goals? So, yeah. He also made some comments that were a little bit contrarian to what the club had said in terms of like the departure and how everything was handled. 
And at the time, because I disliked him so much, I was honestly like, you know what, shoot. But like now, I kind of seeing his content, his con, I mean, his um, his words put into context from then. It's just like interesting. Like I think it's not really a secret that, at least for me, it's not having spoken to some you know former players and other people, and having heard from other people who know more players better than I do, that Bocanegra doesn't exactly have a a very good touch as far as like people are concerned. Like he's not the most likable individual who isn't really, he doesn't have like a gentle hand when it comes to handling people and personality. He didn't have that finesse. People from different parties. And then you have this article that basically says the same thing. And it's just like, all right, if you hear something and see something that often smoke and fire, like something's got to be true. And that's the thing is like, uh, of course, you know, we are we talk to a lot of people in the community here and, you know, there's there's always a devil devil's advocate argument to it, especially when you because uh, the interview is said 10 people involved with the team who were anonymous. And but then you had one person who who went on record and he's a very big person in the organization, Darren Eels, uh, the president of Atlanta United and. He he didn't contradict it, but then of course today he was like, "Oh, this is this is this is some gossip here, bro. I, 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 I ain't with this." Raise it before we recorded that man backpedaled like dude. He backpedaled faster than Deion Sanders. Like no, no, no. And I mean, that's the thing is like when you have enough people corroborating um, a story, it gets to the point where like you don't really need confirmation from a a specific person, but it, like I said, the fact that he was able to go on record saying, Hey, this is me, this is me speaking. And mind you, they, they tried to reach out to Carlos. He said, Nah, I'm good. But um, enough people were clearly involved to where everybody can't be bullshit. It's as simple as that. And just in the tone that Darren left, it was like, Yeah, you know, he didn't contradict during the article. And me trying to use some common sense here. I feel like he would have been aware of either what was put in the article itself, or he probably knew of all the stories that were out there. And he was still like, Hey, I'm in here. Fuck it. I'm, I'm talking. And I think that it definitely doesn't paint uh cross book and negra in, in the positive light, especially in a period where he's trying to make up for what happened last year when we, everything went to shit. And, and, now and even like is like, that those moves are on him. He's the one that disassembled that that championship winning team. Those were his moves. Not the that's part. on him. That's basically that, that was that was the the big summary that I got from this is that we had a championship winning team that basically got broke down because of egos. Yeah, because you know from the article saying that what basically lied to Darlington Nagby. That's on Carlos Montenegro. Oh, you lied to Darlington Nagby, one of the best midfielders in the entire league. Like that, that hurt my soul when I heard when I when I read that. I remember when we signed him, I was over the moon because he's an incredible player, as we all knew and learned over the you know two years that he was here. But when he was traded for, the club told him they were going to give him a new long term deal, and they reneged on it after he had an incredible season and helped us win a championship. Like, what are you doing? And then he had an acrimonious departure, and as did Julian Gressel. And you know what though, like. When I read that part about Nagby, it actually explained a whole lot as far as how he carries shit. Of course, for those of y'all that you know follow both 
Atlanta United's well as the U.S. national team. He is a player that a lot of people have wanted um, back in the fold with the national team, but he's been like, nah, I'd rather just stay at home. And I feel like the story has been that Burhalter kind of rubbed him the wrong way. And I feel like basically like you do, you do not have much, you don't have much of a leeway with him. Once you fuck him over, it's done, done. He's like, nah, I'm good. And because even because they came back after the fact and tried to offer him a new deal. And by that point, the damage was already done. He was like, yeah, you already fucked the bag up once. Like, I, I'm go ahead and send me home to Columbus. I'll get an MLS cup up there, too. So, and he yeah. did. You think about this. We could have resigned him before his old coachman. Had we done that, it would have been a much different situation as far as training. Yeah. Right, but we fucked it up, and then the coach shows up, and he's like, "Yeah, I want, I want to go back, man." Like, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of amateur hour shit. Like, it's just not even professional. Ooh, yeah. Like, please give Marcelo Bielsa a call back and tell him, "Hey, thank you." My bad, my bad. We fucked up. But you didn't even call that man, and now he told you to fuck off for forever. And then, you know, like you said, we've heard a bunch of this stuff. And my here's my thing. The irritates me, you know. Darren called it what, like tabloid journalism, I think, today on Dukes and Bell yeah. on the radio. Mm-hmm. The Athletic is not tabloid journalism. It is either it is not not even a little bit paying for those writers. They took the best writers from everywhere and brought them here and said, "Keep doing really good work. Do long form work. You can do. Just make sure you do it right." They're vetted. They're great writers. The MLS writers are great writers. Felipe is a great writer and a great person to boot. I don't think Felipe is going to make shit up and then go put that in the athletic, especially if he has those sources. And as far as those sources remaining anonymous, that's journalism. And if you trust them and multiple, like you said, Greg, multiple say the same thing, that's how journalism works. And I'm going to, I'm not going to say that everything he made up was, you know, was BS. I'm sorry. And, Darren, you know, backtracking like you said, like Dion, it doesn't look good. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, like that article hurt my faith in the organization a lot. Like I don't really had to do standard because I was like, our front office has it together, and I backed them fully. But now I'm looking at it going, maybe it makes sense how that arrogant ego might be a bit more on brand than we thought as far as you know the whole organization. Yeah, I mean, there's been whispers of this before. And uh, I actually missed uh, a lot of this breaking news as far as I, I know I missed this uh, totally. Um, I just had my head down. But, yeah, it's I've definitely heard whispers of this before, you know, in the last two or three years. So it's it's actually not surprising. And a lot of people's opinion of Boca Negra is not the best. So um, it, it's, you know, it stands to be supported. And what Gregor said, you know, there's a fire over there and a fire over there and a fire over there and like I mean it's one of those things where you know of course we we know people around here that you know work in the organization have worked with the the front office and I'll I'll, I'll put this much out there that the the sentiment I always got was that it's amazing that we're as good as we are in spite of things that go on behind the scenes and you know I think this essentially was a confirmation of that, you know, where so we, we had good people, you know, in place. Like actually one, one of the people that stood out to me in the article was uh, Paul McDonough because um, uh, uh, he's like the assistant technical director. I think he's like he he, he um, was in with us at the beginning. Then he left to go to Inter-Miami. 
it kind of coincides to what we when we started slipping, and he was brought back in this um, during the offseason this year. At least so far, it looks like we've been able to rebuild a, a, a competent roster at least. Um, but yeah, I think that definitely when it was just Bocanegra making making the moves, you you basically had total destruction on, on on what we had. You know, whether it was you know go ahead and cutting bait on pity, letting go of. Gressel, letting go of Gonzalez Perez, allowing Nagby. Oh my, I'm still not over that. I'm still not over that. Yeah. That that one might take me a good while because I'm like, you mean to tell me that we really could have had him? I mean, mind you, right now we're actually might be okay because we actually got Santiago Sosa, who's like a fucking oh, monster. <laughs> but but the fact is that you had basically a all MLS guy, you know. To me, in my opinion, the best midfielder, this U.S. midfielder, that's not in Europe right now. And you said, "Nah, like we, we're just gonna just play around, play around with your money, and play around with your future." And like, I don't blame him for being like, "Yeah, like go ahead and just I'll, I'll go ahead and go home. Like it's all good." That's the kind of stuff that if you're trying to build a reputation throughout the league, that's the kind of shit that will fuck that shit up. And because you don't want to get. The, the reputation of like, yeah, like we just play around and we're not really serious about, you know, securing everyone's future. Cause I mean, you had that situation, you had Gressel who was vocal about, you know, trying to get a new contract and the next, you know, he's on the way out. Like that's the kind of stuff that it doesn't serve well, you know, with the rank and file when it's like, yeah, like, yeah, like we have a good, we have a good atmosphere. We have great, you know, we have great crowds, but what good is all that if your if your organization isn't what isn't what it should be and is not it is not operating the way that, that it needs to be in order to be regarded amongst the best in the league and best in the world and all that shit. So yeah. Like, well here's the thing I will say, and I'm curious as to how you guys feel about it, but like I feel like given how this fan base is and it's like kind of been ironic because it's how the front office wanted to build it. Mm-hmm. I think especially now that people have seen that fans have a real voice with the shit that's been happening post Super League, like Atlanta United fans, if more of that shit keeps happening, will be very vocal about how they feel about it. I, at least I believe that. I think Atlanta United fans would turn very quickly on the front office and let them know, like, yo, don't keep fucking around on this shit. Like you said that we're you have all these five pillars and you keep driving excellence and all this other bullshit about the five stripes and what they represent. But if you're not actually living that life when you're putting the team together and you're, you know, fucking around with people's money and their livelihoods, which you don't do if you're a top class organization, the only mm-hmm. person who secured the bag is Joseph. And honestly, yeah. even even Boca couldn't fuck that up because, like, after he did what he did, it's just like, look, give the man his money, like you, you can't. So, like, all right, you did the easiest thing you had, basically, like decision to make post everything started. But aside from that, like. You can't keep banging the drum about how amazing this whole club is if you if you're you know being unprofessional and handling things like amateurs you know behind the scenes and it's just like this club can be amazing this club can be incredible we saw how fast it rose and what it did in two years winning that cup that's what we expect this club to be that's what the club wanted the expectation to be the, the expectation the club embraced and its marketing and how it sends stuff to the season ticket holders all of this bullshit is about how we're the best on and off the field. Well, if all the shit that Felipe said is true, we're not the best off the field, and we're not handling ourselves like the best off the field. And if you keep doing that, like you said, Greco, players won't want to fucking come here 
because he'd be like, I don't want to go to a club that's going to mess around with my future, even if it's big and has great fans. Absolutely. I was just saying it's well said. It's, I mean, people are not going to go to a place where their future is not, you know, like solid. That's what they, they do. That's why they, the whole point of moving is to move to something that you feel is going to be solid. So you're going to choose the best thing that looks the best. If there's constant rumors and, you know, all this going on, article sounds pretty spading. So not, it's not definitely not yeah, like, for Atlanta. Hopefully we can turn this around. Uh, I expect someone like uh, to, to from the front office to, to hopefully speak out about this because I definitely think with the insurrection and the capital, seeing how Manchester United – uh, the fans and the Glazer protests and how that went. I definitely think the general football fan, because a lot of this has probably been happening, and like you see how ultras uh, act around a uh, you know the stadiums and shit like that. So I think it could turn. You know, Atlanta United fans could definitely turn on the front office. So watch yourself. I think the thing that needs to be kept in mind is that, like like you were saying, Tanner, it's Atlanta, and all the stuff that people were saying before the team got started, as far as like having your doubts as far as if things can work here. We're not so far, you know, far established that that can't still be true. You know, you it's important that it's not just about, you know, taking care of the fans. Like I said, you have to take care of, of your organization and shit like this is bad maintenance. That's the best way I can put it is that you're not maintaining um, a team to be, to be set for the future Never mind just what's happening right now. If you're not thinking about long term, that that can end up biting you in the ass. And whether it's both on on the pitch or you know in in the stands and uh and on the roster. So yeah, that was a uh, a lot. I mean, you know, like I said, hope it'll be very interesting. You know, to kind of to kind of bring things together to see how the energy is on Saturday with that forty five thousand. Because you know, I think that the team is. They're fortunate that we're in an environment where people want to go back to what they had before and have some type of normalcy, getting back to games, getting back to seeing people. You know, like we were talking before, started recording. Like I haven't seen Tanner in forever. You know, like you said, like he hasn't seen he hasn't seen AJ in forever. Like you know, he hasn't seen TK in forever. Like shit, I haven't seen. Uh, like I said, I saw I've seen Tony once. Uh, since the shutdown, like, you know, I've been fortunate. I've, I've seen TK a couple of times, but like there's so many people that, you know, that we haven't seen in so long. And it's the team, the United's going to be able to take advantage of that. And hopefully they, they don't fuck it up. Hopefully, you know, we don't lose <laughs> on Saturday. Cause I think that will only um, set the tone even more. You know, Saturday's going to be really interesting. Very, very interesting. There'll be a protest on Saturday. Uh, I mean, I don't think it'll be there yet, but, like, the other thing I will say is that Gabriel Hines won't take shit from anybody, and you already know if Carlos tries to get any shit, he's going to tell them to fuck off. And I will say, given what I know about Gabriel Hines, if they get way too up in his shit, he will just leave. And if that dude leaves, then you will see people, like myself, lose their shit. You know, like that that was actually the vibe that I, that I got, because, like, of course, Bielsa from Argentina... Uh, Tata's from Argentina, Heinz is from Argentina. Like they don't play, and before it is not about Latin temperament. It's just hey, some people. Hey, they're professional. They are professional. They say you come at me right, I will do. I will do this shit right. But if you come at me sideways, shit's on. It's that simple. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, so and it's like you know, 
especially given the way that they brought him to the club and all the promises they made. It's like, you could have sideways on him, which could happen given the fact that they do that a lot, apparently. Like, that dude's going to go. And, like, you can't have that record established with coaches either because then what coaches are going to want to come to you if you're always up in their shit? Again, in that person is somebody who doesn't have the qualifications to tell them what to do in the first place. Do we think that he has an issue? No, maybe not an issue. I don't want to say it like that, but perhaps Carlos is having a bit of an ego, like a predicament with like detachment of like his player days, and he wants to be close to, like you know. You you know what? I actually did get a a small vibe from from that article. I did get a small vibe. It's like you know, trying to disconnect and basically just be our front office guys compared to just being so hands-on and like i mean and that goes back to what i was saying earlier like i don't know like in order to try to make sense out of it you know the only thing i I can i can think of is that he's still in a in a point at least as a couple years ago to where he's learning and in order to learn you got to see like how everything works and if you're not communicating that to the necessary people they're going to look at you sideways so it could have easily just been a communication breakdown, but at the same time, it went on for so long that either you're a bad communicator or this is just what you do. So, yeah, it, it just. I, I, mean, I, I, I said, ho- hopefully he's learned from those mistakes. You know, it sounds like at least so far he's he's been allowing Heinze to you know do his thing for the most part. I do think that having McDonough back in back in uh, back in the fold is probably going to help out a whole lot because it, it sounds like he's. That's some bolts guy, the numbers guy who made everything work. So I said, we'll, we'll see. But um, let's, let's get a final word on, on this part. Tanner, what you got? I mean, look, mistakes were clearly made. I think that's obvious. And if Carlos Bucanegra wants to keep his job, and if he's a professional and he wants to get better, then he will change. He'll get better. And he has to be given the opportunity to do that. And, you know, you can learn by hiring other people to make up for your deficiencies. And maybe that's what's happening with Paul McDonough, like you said. And if so, then good. But if there's an ego involved and the club's not going to get their things together, then I think we'll see the result of that. I think that everything about this club is loud. And it's funny because they branded themselves that way. And what's on the field's loud, what's off the field's loud, the stadium's loud, but the drama and the tea is clearly loud as well. And so it's just like, look, if you're going to brand an image about being the biggest and first and brashest about everything, that shit backfires on you. I mean, you're only getting yourself to blame. Ooh. Sounds about right. Shout but, out to uh, the Atlanta, Georgia, Midtown, West Midtown, baby. Um, yeah, echo that for sure. It's, um, I think, you know, Bocanegra gone by 2022. It might be sooner than that. Like I, said, I, I think that the way that, that article set things up, he could have a pretty good year this year and still might be gone. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's it's it cuts that deep. So like yeah, I said, we, really, we'll, really, really. that's that's definitely one you got bookmark on, just you know, to be continued. But um, you know, we do have uh more stuff to talk about beyond the the home team, but yeah, that was just way too that was so much tea that you just yeah, we needed a whole half hour on that. But we on after the flip side uh, we're going to go on this guy's favorite team because they definitely had a week. But, um, but yeah, though, we're going to work from our boys at Protagonist, and we'll be right back. Hey, 
Hey guys, this is Elliot, the co-host of Can I Kick It at River City 93. As always, if you're looking for the most up-to-date shows on black history, what's going on in the game, and off the pitch, then come check us out at Can I Kick It. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at River City 93. And as always, guys, like, share, subscribe to our podcast, and we'll catch you guys on the good side. And we're back. Ah, y'all, y'all like my day quite. I have the scarves back, but um, there seems to be one missing. And I was hoping to have it in today because FedEx, you know, yeah. was supposed to uh, deliver our lovely home team culture scarves, and they 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 said we we missed. Uh, Be truthful, Gregor. No, <laughs> did they, they like? The delivery, or did you miss the delivery? What happened here? They said that the attempt that was made, and I'm like, all you gotta do is drop off the box. Like you could either drop it off at, at, at the front of my apartment. We have a um, parcel uh, office at the least an office where you can say you can say, hey, put your code in, you know, unlock the locker and get, and get your shit. And yeah, like this is the FedEx truck that Greg made. <laughs> <laughs> but um. But nonetheless, um, it will be in as a recording this Wednesday. We'll be here Thursday. So everyone who ordered a FTC home team culture scarf, we will have them um, as of Thursday when this episode drops. We'll make the announcement on, on Twitter and Instagram. If you would like to get the scarves on Saturday, try, send us a DM on Twitter or Instagram and we'll definitely make arrangements for that with with the full stadium being open. That means tailgates are about to be back in full effect. And for those of y'all who don't know, the tailgate this year will actually be over off of MLK, uh, over by the Reverb um, Hotel. So just to kind of give you guys um, an idea, of course, you'll, you see the, the map over here. And uh, oh, yeah. this is where the old yeah. church was. They knocked the church down. <laughs> oh man, that, that you know that that is that is so true. Just like fire station over there, but uh, yeah, you, like it's behind Ro- Rose's Cafe, behind the apartments, in between there and the Reverb um, um, Hotel. But yeah, uh, look out, look out for us. Look at least at least for me. Um, and um, yeah, we'll definitely uh, I'll link up and uh, get your scars. Of course, if if not, you just want us to ship us out to you. That's perfectly fine as well. I'll be uh, getting on that on, on Monday, starting on Monday. So definitely uh, thank you guys for everyone that ordered. And we do have a handful of extras. So definitely uh, uh, get at us if you want to. Um, we do have a, a limited uh, supply. So we do have more for you. So uh, we'll put up the link one more time starting on Monday at FTCUTD.myshopify.com. And yeah. You know, again, thank you guys for uh, support. Of course, it makes us better and, you know, it keeps the beer flowing. So it's all good. But yeah, um, your boys had a busy week, uh, TK. You know, y'all are now like two for the month for for beating Man City. You know, you can you do it a third time? Can you do it a third time? Huh? 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 Can you? Can you? Can you? There's a bit of parody with uh, Chelsea. In fact, uh, we're in the final two cups. And Arsenal did the double. <laughs> what, what happened? What happened? Y'all, y'all lose to Arsenal, man. Like, I, it's I not wish, even like a good Arsenal. I, I wish I knew. I, I didn't even get to totally uh, ingest the, the comments from uh, Tuchel after. 
but it was like something about the the substitute or the changes that he made to the lineup or something like that. And it's like, well, if you know who you're not going to play or who shouldn't have played, then why did you play him? So. You're supposed to have your, your finger on the pulse, man. You're supposed to know what the, what moves to make. I mean, he keeps on starting Timo for some reason, and then, of course, Timo uh, pa- uh, passes uh, Juju uh, over to Kai. Uh-uh. Uh, watch He passes it. Juju over to Kai, and, yeah. Nah. I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't understand, man. I, I, I'll tell you what not to get is Jorginho and a two-man pivot. I don't get it. He's not the answer. Kovacic saves him so often. Um, unfortunately, he's injured, so he's out now. Uh, but we do get to see Conte kind of flourish in that role, do, do what he does. Um, but we've also seen Mason Mount there. We, uh, we saw Billy Gilmore today as well. So um, we've seen Reese James there as well. So it's, it's one of those things for, for our team particularly. We have a lot of players who can slot into that role. But I would be fine if we sold Jorginho. I'm just saying. Yeah. He's, to me, he does. He passes. He's, he's negative. He's not like negative football. I love the skip hop. I'll take all six goals for his penalties that he scored all season because that's the only goals he has scored all season. PKs. Our top goal scorer remains to be in the desert in purgatory. And his name is Tammy Abraham. I'm going to ask, why do you guys hate Tammy Abraham? I, I wish, dude, it breaks my heart. Like, I, I'm, I, I, don't, I'm, I don't understand why. why. Like, that was always my thing at the beginning of the season. It's like you, like you, you, ha- you were building something good with him last year, and then all of a sudden, you're like your answer to that was, "Hey, let's go ahead and and buy at least one guy that that could that could take his spot, have another guy that could that could potentially take his spot um, with Havertz, uh, depending on what, what depending on the formation that you have." Yeah, I'm like, it's it's a young black kid from England that's trying to do his thing, and y'all say, you know what, we could do better. We like, can do better. <laughs> it, 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 it hurts, man. I'm not gonna lie. It hurts, um, especially like how we, cause we played like Christian or U.S. agent in that role. <laughs> <laughs> so it's catching it, on. It's catching on. Well, I, I use it because I'm supposed to. It, it makes sense, man. It makes sense. <laughs> I, I suppose. Um, it, I don't. Know. It, he he was off today. Even Mount was off today. You know, like. But Timo absolutely makes the difference. You cannot replace that burst of speed, the way that he fucks with defenders' heads and legs. You, that is, those two things right there, it's done. I'm telling you, dude. Tammy scores goals. But Tammy, I, dude, I don't understand. Like, so let me pull up the shirt I got. I might have to add this to the thing. Actually, I'll just read it out to you. Yeah. Earners scoring goals, then okay, I get it. But, like, He's missing from three yards out, and Tammy Abraham scored how many goals last season? I mean, like eighteen, sixteen, maybe something like that. He's in a, he he was he was improving. He was at a good point in his career, and he just needed to keep playing. And now he's in Antarctica or some shit. And like, I just don't get it because you're not exactly getting production at a high level from that position. His speed movement's great, but if you don't get any end product out of it. Well, the thing is, it's like, I, I feel like we're looking at it from the Chelsea perspective is if we can get Timo to drag an entire back line down the field, then God help us, we can get one of the three midfielders to score or maybe even <laughs> a wing back, you know, like, and that's been the recipe. It's been working right now. Tammy Abraham, six goals. Timo Werner, six goals. 
Mason Mount, six goals. Jorginho, six PKs. Kurt Zuma, five headers, maybe, maybe four, four and one, one left foot. Christian Pulisic, or U.S. agent, four goals. Kai Havertz, four goals. Olivia Giroud, been sitting on the bench roasting like a weenie, four goals. I'm telling you, it's pie, you know, you roast. I, I don't understand the mentality of it, but Tuchel has recovered our season in some uh, regard uh, from where Frank led us. So it, it, it's really hard, but that, that, like I said originally, this is just kind of the parody of like Chelsea. Like we have this duality where we can lose to Arsenal, but be in two cup finals and, and still have $200 million on the field or some shit like that. I mean, I wish I could say it was much better for, for my guys, for Tanner's guys. Like I said, we, the race is over. You know, we have a new EPL champ in Man City. Yeah. Um, I told you you guys were going to lose one of these games last week, man. Too many in uh, rapid succession. I mean, I don't know what we could have done because, I mean, you're talking about three games in in, in six days. Five yeah. days. No, five, five days. Five days. And apparently people had the expectation that we were going to just be able to field our top 11 in each game like 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 this is FIFA or something. Tired. It's right. Like, it's not, you know, it's the same thing. <laughs> I mean, you could have, but yeah, you know, that 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 would have been absolutely insane. You're also, in uh, I wouldn't have recommended y'all do that uh, as a team. But you're in a cup final in two weeks' time that you really want to win. That's all you have left to really play for. You're in the Champions League. The season's done. You knew Man City. I knew Man City was going to win the title in that stretch of games where United inexplicably lost at home to Sheffield and chucked a three-one lead at home to Everton. Because you put those five points on the board, and this game does make a difference, and he does have to play his best 11 because the title race would be, what, four points maybe? But it's just yeah. the results right there was was five points dropped. And, you know, it was inexplicable and inexcusable. And that's what the season, in my opinion, for me, I knew it was done from that point in time because City were on that insane, unbeaten run. And so, you know, it was frustrating that they win the league because you had to lose a game, but that was going to happen eventually. They could have taken care of it themselves, but they didn't, you know. I think for me with United, it's just like clearly the depth is not there. Um, And that was evident in the game that was played yesterday. Um, You know, he makes 10 changes and most of those guys, yes, they cost a lot of money, but their Mots is 33, Matt is 32. They arrived five and eight years ago, respectively. So, like, those guys aren't going to do anything. Van de Beek continues to, you know, unimpress, and I'm really confused as to why he was signed. And, you know, we'll see if he gets a better chance and plays better next year. Fred got better, so, you know, there's hope for everyone. But, you know, the Glazers have really fucked up a lot, and that happened again today when the story comes out that the women from Manchester United didn't have bathrooms at the training facility, didn't have tra- showers at their training facility, and the manager of the Manchester United women's team resigned today because the Glazers mm-hmm. didn't follow through on their promises to improve the facilities for the women who for some reason don't trade at Carrington. I don't know why. They should. It's massive. What What is it about, you know, these beautiful, incredible training facilities and the women don't have access to them? Because, like, I think we talked about, like, like uh, towards the beginning of the season, uh, Liverpool opened up their new training facility, and that's not open. that wasn't available to the women. Like, they're, like, training at some old-ass school. And it's like, dude, like, why, why, are we, why is this happening? Like, this are you, are, are, why are you not extending this... This luxury, basically, to both sides. Why are you going to have 
a Man United team, a Liverpool team, and then say you're not equal to what the men have. Like that just makes entirely no sense to me. The bathroom from where they trained. Ten minute walk. They didn't have showers there. Look at this. Hell, they were fourth place in the women's super league. I mean, this was a quality team. And then these these clubs are massive. You can afford to house them at these training facilities. You can afford to have them here. I mean, like Hell, answer for Pete's sake. But, but it builds back into the whole thing where it's like, looking at it, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I don't care what you think of that man, he's the first manager to get back-to-back Champions League qualifications since Sir Alex Ferguson retired. He's managed that expectation. The team is short of depth, clearly, but they've had a solid year. I mean, they've yeah. lost two games in the league since November. That's it. I mean, turn those draws into wins. They need improvement. They need investment, and Ole deserves that, and that's clearly the case like we have we haven't lost on the road in like a while like i think like i think they were saying like on, on sunday like we tied the all-time record for unbeaten games on the uh unbeaten road games like i think we still have like of course we, we can't come to break it until next season and so clearly there's something that's something that we're doing right but at the same time that has to be done across the board men and women, and especially like, if you're going to go as far as to put your name on a team, you have to extend the same quality across the board. Simple as that. You know, don't don't half-ass and just say that like, hey, we got Kristen Press, we got Tobin Heath. You know, we're we're doing something. Like, no, you, you that that is that is just veneers. <laughs> like, it, it's it's bullshit. Like, you need to do right. It's just like what we were talking about during the first half of the show. Like, you have to do right if you're going to actually be considered among the best. Like it's not just a statement. It's supposed to be a lifestyle. It's simple as that. But, um, but yeah, yeah. I'm not even saying congratulations. Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck city. I, I hope Chelsea win the, the champions league. So like I said, like you, you, you will, you will have low key support. We we can't go all the way, uh, TK, but you know, we just fucking hate Manchester city and we never want them to win that competition ever, ever, ever. It's understandable, man. They, um, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago as well. I mean, this competition for Manchester City is their bogey. So for me, it is going to be the ultimate satisfaction to watch them play Chelsea and lose. And I hope I'm not, you know, cursing myself and all the other Chelsea fans. But we, we, we need a three peep. Yeah. We need the May, the May three peep. Yeah, and May I, three peep. You know, I don't care if U.S. agent scores a goal. As long as Jorginho is not on the field, you know, <laughs> by any means necessary. Gallagher, uh, or not even Gallagher, he's on loan. But um, yeah, hell, he's played better sometimes than Jojo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, play uh, Kovacic. Hopefully, he's healthy and Conte there. Call it a day. I want yeah. it to be ninety minutes of complete trash. And then a dubious penalty in the 94th minute for Chelsea to win. Oh, that's some United shit, dude. No. <laughs> so United, bro. Because it would make Manchester City fans so mad. How many goals does Bruno have from PKs? Enough. All right, pause. All right. You don't have to look it up. I think it's like eight. All right. Four around there, eight-ish. Pull up the graphic from Frank Lampard's best ever season in Chelsea. We can put up that graphic and then put up Bruno. <laughs> and then actually... <laughs> Frank Lampard had either one more or one less penalty than Bruno Fernandez, and Bruno Fernandez almost has more goal involvements this season in his first full year at Manchester United than Frank Lampard did in his best season for Chelsea. This is and, and still yeah. got five games to go. Still got. We're definitely going to have to get the intern on with this one, Stat Boy. We need you here. 
Find that graphic. It's not great. No, we're gonna have to make that graphic. That, that <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's like I think there's like take uh, uh, Bruno's stats, cut and spice those together, and then go for his best season, as you stated. So yeah, the, the intern's gonna have to take care of this one. We're, we're going on over time for this. Contact at ftcutd.com. <laughs> there are perks. But, but um, but yeah, anybody at the city, as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, but, um, I could do this to y'all with the Europa Finals or anybody but United. Do you really want? Do you really want to do that, though? I mean, like, do you really care that much about Villarreal? Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, we 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 got Champions League anyway, so it's like, does it really matter? Yeah, I mean, no, it does because you guys need money. Like, wanna, that's the thing that I haven't heard either one of you discuss tonight, which I'm really kind of shocked at this point. We're almost at 40, uh, maybe 45 minutes an hour in. Either way, it blows my mind a little bit, especially after all the things we talked about, the billions of pounds of debt that the Glazers have, you know, deducted from the club and introduced. Me, uh, me and Gregor have both gone for about literally an hour about that, and I don't feel like doing that right Well, no, no, no. I, 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 hear, I hear you there, but it's. I think it's just crazy because, like, it is absolutely vital that you guys win this cup. Like that's going to be some sort of pocket change into your into the clubs. It is pocket change, but at the same time, I think that I think most of us are at the point where it's not even about the trophy anymore. Because like, there's so much that needs to be fixed that if we lose, we lose. If, it's you know, not about the trophy; it's about the earnings. You're right. Oh no, <laughs> you're right. But that's the thing, though. Like, there, there, like there's. There's bigger things to deal with right now than, you know, the earnings. That, well, that, you can't do the right things with the earnings until the people who – I bought stock in Manchester United today because I was reading all about the dividends that they're paying out, bro. Like, I, <laughs> pay me every quarter, please. I'm all about it. <laughs> Come on. See, he's, he's about the business, not about the rival. <laughs> I know, right? Wait, we're not listed. You know, Russian episode is a thing there. We're OTC. <laughs> you got to find us OTC. But I will, I will extend, you know, uh, a congrats to uh, Bayern for nine straight somehow. And um, and also to uh, Sporting Lisbon, uh, Portuguese champs. And um, it for looks like. Uh, years, I yeah. think. 19 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Spain. Uh, oh, and enter. Um, over the weekend, they had uh, we made mention of uh, Claudio Ranieri earlier. He now coaches at Sampdoria. One thing I didn't realize that they they don't do in Italy is they don't do the guard of honor. Like when you know champions have already clinched the league, and you know the opposing team you know surrounds them, you know gives them applause and all that stuff. They don't do that in Italy, but that was something that Claudio brought over um, with his team because they were playing uh, Inter. They've already clinched Serie A. And they did, and they did it for them. Like that was actually uh, pretty dope. Of course, what wasn't dope was those crazy ass four, fourth kits. That was just wild. <laughs> Too much. But, um, yeah, that that was um, that's a lot going on. Like you know, I, I and I love a good kit, but I was like, man. And technically, they weren't even supposed to be able to wear them. Cause, like Italy has this rule about like having like no more than like four colors, no no more than three colors on a, on a kit. And apparently, they got an exception. So. We saw them, and there we go. <laughs> but um, I think that's a, an interesting little effect what you made about the guard of honor. Um, mm-hmm. I think I remember hearing. Uh, we'll have to fact check this at the maybe in the in the next show or at the end of this one. Intern, there you go, man. It's one of those things. Like I don't. I think you don't have to do it in England, though. Like I think it, you, they do it because 
it's like just like you it's, know, it's tradition yeah. it's, it's tradition, tradition like you could actually not do it and then that would just maybe be like the big tabloid for the next day on the front page but i don't think it's actually like a rule or anything i just no 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 it, it's just it's, not, it's it's a respect thing and you know it's a neat gesture yeah, know, to nice, do it. very nice touch. And that's you know, that's Claudia. Like he's classy. Yeah, we we could have had him here in Atlanta. So, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, TK, what you got, man? Let me see. I had a list here. All right, here we go. All right, shout out to Ajax. Yo, we were just talking about Atlanta United, so this was the perfect segue of a front office that gives a fuck about their supporters. What's the capacity, guys, for for this weekend at Atlanta United? Forty five k. So, Ajax melted down their um, Eredivisie trophy that they they won for winning the league. They melted this thing down, and then they gave silver stars to all 42,000 of their season ticket holders. Mm -hmm. Beautiful gesture. Beautiful gesture. The the Josef uh, Martinez statue doesn't doesn't equal up to that. Like, that Mm -hmm. is... We got plastic trophies. We got plastic. They're, they're nice plastic trophies, but they are. Not the same. But that is class. Who's the manager? Because he pulled out his balls in the. In the... That was Louis Van Gaal. Was it? Yeah, yeah, bro. That's class. Yeah. All right. Second up, my sweetheart, my wife, Katie. She just had a birthday. Just want to wish her a happy birthday. It was her first Mother's Day. Want to wish her a happy Mother's Day. It was beautiful. It was nice. So keep the the nice uplifting things going on. Um, this kind of eh, very generalist, but um, the gas crisis here with the um, the hacker thing. Well, not I didn't totally read into this, but it affected my life to the aspect that I had to wake up at like five this morning, like run around thinking I would just be slick. Oh, they're gonna refill the tanks overnight. I would just pull nah. up to the gas station. You know, I, I checked to the left and QT was blank, so I just hooked the right yeah. and just <laughs> ended up driving maybe two or three miles. And I eventually found my local Kroger full of gas. So. Jack Kroger, folks, if you're affected by this. But yeah, big, big, big down. And honestly, it should just be um, a realization to people, uh, more of like a wake-up call. Not necessarily like a lesson learned or anything, but just be aware that shit can happen, man. And like, it kind of feels like a movie. Hackers, you know, shutting down a pipeline. Yeah, like, it's wild because like it's, uh, it was like a, a ransomware attack um, yeah. over the people who, who uh, run the uh, pipeline that basically goes pretty much all the way down through the East Coast, down into the Southeast. For most of the gas companies, they use that pipeline. So um, just to kind of give you like a, a ransomware attack is basically like IT talk for basically you have control of their computers. And if you don't give some type of monetary amount, they'll expose your shit, take over your shit and all that. And um, yeah, like it's it's really fucked up everything. And I think uh, from what they said, at least here in Atlanta, uh, things probably won't be normal at least somewhat normal till the weekend. So, yeah, like you see, like gas prices like go over like three dollars all over the East Coast. Dumb white people putting like giant <laughs> gas tanks in the back of like flatbed trucks and shit. Oh yeah, yeah. See, the panic thing, man. That's a damn good point. White people love a good they, panic, man. Whether it's toilet paper or gas, they are <laughs> just ruining it for everyone. Hey, that's why we bring Tanner on, folks. Right there. Right there. Just, just, just real shit. You can call it for what it is, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm a white guy, but I, I I know what goes on. Pictures, just a bunch of just dumb white people doing dumb white people. The craziest one I saw was uh, someone had like plastic bags of gas. Oh, I was like, oh. I was like, what the hell? 
Yeah, no thought about how they were going to get it from that bag into their car. They just said they had it, and that was it. They didn't think that far. None of them thought that far. Well, you know, they ran out of, um, at least in Atlanta, that was the rumor that I, I heard yesterday and the day before, was if you didn't run out of gas while waiting in line at a gas station, watching it get shut down in front of you, you That'd be watch wild. all the tanks, the spare gas tanks get bought up as well while you're sitting in your car. It's just like, oh, what's going on? Looking left and right. Wouldn't, wouldn't have been me. I'd, I'd have just snowpocalypse it uh, to my ass home. Like, if I broke down on the way, so be it. I've got AAA still. That's not really want to be too public with. Having some health issues. Want to just um, try and get some answers. So just uh, asking for, for good vibes and all those things. So, yeah. T-Mac. So, let's see. Two up. Um, one involving... These guys signing Edens and Cavani to a new deal, getting him to stay for another year—that is a big up for me because that dude is awesome. That causes a lot of effects because I mean, it sounds like um, Holland is trying to stay another year at Dortmund, and league we'll certainly see. So yeah, definitely has put a marker down, y'all. Well, I think that's going to be the saddest day too because I honestly think Holland should go to United, and y'all could dominate again, be all that glory shit, but. I think Pep has done the thing where he didn't play a striker all season, and he did it for a reason. I don't know if they'll pay for him this year because he's going to be like $150 million this year if someone wants him, whereas he'll be 60 next year when everyone knows about that release clause that he has. And so it's like, if Dortmund are going to sell anyone, it'll probably be Jaden Sancho, and I think United, if they're smart, will still win for him because they desperately need an actual right winger. Um, but I digress into that. I don't think Holland leaves this summer unless Dortmund just get an offer they can't refuse. And I don't see Man City. Man City's MO isn't to pay that kind of money. They just pay $60 million transfer fees and then give you a shitload in wages. That's how they do things. They've never really gone in for the $100 million. They haven't made those PSG Real Madrid like type of buys right, yet. You're right. $55 million for KDB. Yeah, so I could see them waiting till next year and paying that and then knowing that they can offer more wages than anyone else plus Pep Guardiola. But um, my other up is going to be the fact that um, Joseph Martinez got his first goal in, what, 14 months. And, you know, Eliana tried to mitigate the disaster of that bombshell story yesterday with a heartfelt video about Joseph and everything. But good to see that. And it was good, you know, just to know that he's not back to what he was. But, you know, that's a big moment for him, and he's been through a lot, and, you know, this city does love him, and regardless of what the FO, you know, messes up, you know, Joseph loves Atlanta, and Atlanta loves Joseph, so, you know, that was dope. Um, Just a quick note on that real quick. Uh, of course, uh, when he made that goal, like, he raced over to the bench and, uh, you know, had a re- really uh, uh, dope embrace with uh, with with our head trainer, I think his name is Mario Cruz, of course, you know. Basically, he's the guy that you know, got uh, Joseph like back in hell. So the fact that he was able to get back to the point where he is able to score again, that was probably a big deal for him. And yes, yeah, so like definitely, like so. Hopefully, we this is the beginning of getting back to some type of normal for him and to where he's getting goals because we kind of need it. Kind <laughs> of need it a lot. We really, yeah. <laughs> the guy ain't doing it. <laughs> Any ASMR shit. That's not what this podcast is for. That wasn't what I was invited up here for. All right. You got to prepare for that. That's important. Um, my down, we didn't talk about it on the pod. Um, I think y'all are going to save it for a different one. But um, Columbus Crew's rebrand was yikes. We got a lot on that next week. Oh, oh my goodness. Uh, thank you for the pre sauce on this one. I love it. 
So I think because that, that you guys have to dedicate a lot to that because there is just so much wrong. And since I will not be on that, I'll just give my brief on apparently the fans that were screaming in the room when they focus grouped it with the fans that they were showing it to, that they were like, hey, this is what we're doing. And those fans were like, yo, get that trash the fuck out of here. They have one of the best logos in the league. And apparently they're dropping crew. Like, this is the Chicago Fire we thought was bad. Montreal, we were like, Columbus was like, yo, hold our freaking beer. We are going to show you how to make this trash. And so they have. And so, yeah, and I can't wait to hear um, what you guys have to say about that because I know that you are going to be going in. Um, my other yeah. Down, yeah, next week we got uh, Todd Phillips uh, with uh, Nordeka on the show. And, um, yeah, that's uh, not going to be happy. Yeah, like it's, it's it's a very interesting perspective because yeah, like it's definitely been something that was um, apparently in the works. And um, the one thing that kind of sticks just to stick out in my head real quick is that their logic was that if we lose eight thousand fans, but in the process gain fifteen thousand, it'll be worth it. I'm like, that's only a net gain of seven thousand. That's not a lot. That's really not. And I'm like, hard work for all to pay off. In my yeah. Uh, so yeah, next week uh, we'll definitely uh, go into that in more detail. And, um, it's it's just wow. Less than New York, but, uh, keep the status quo. But it's not Chicago bad. Chicago is there's nothing like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I really like the image of like fires reflecting on the lake. Like that is very Chicago. I just don't like the fact that drop crew, which is why it's worse for me. That's to yeah. me. That's the big thing is that because it would be like a dope secondary logo. Yeah. But that's not something that you, and cause at least you know what it's supposed to entail and what it represents. But that's not something that you, one that you would put as a primary uh, crest, especially over what they have. It says a lot that the logo that pre-court made is one they would rather keep over this. That should tell you everything. But yeah, continue. Um, and then my second doubt is going to be the fact that uh, Lissandra Lopez is considering retirement um, after the passing of his father. So I don't know if he's back in Atlanta or if he's still in Argentina. But um, that's really, really difficult for him, you know, sending that him and his family, you know, thoughts, prayers, everything right now because losing her father and then questioning, you know, what's the point of still playing? That's got to be difficult for him. And, you know, I hope that he gets everything figured out. And if he does decide to retire, you know, I know he had a short time here, but, you know, best of luck to him and his future endeavors. And, you know, hopefully things can, can get going from there. For him. Yeah. Thanks for coming through this week, T-Mac. Absolutely. Um, okay. Honestly, I only have one thing to really talk about for uh, my two up and two down um, is uh, last week um, back in Richmond, um, Dave Bulo, former player, former coach of uh, Richmond Kickers, passed away uh, at the age of 41. There haven't been too many American born black coaches pretty much throughout the whole pyramid at all. And he um, coached the uh, kickers back in 2019. We had a chance to interview him. I actually uh, want to give you guys a uh, portion of the interview here real quick. So let's uh, check this out real quick. As far as like getting to this to this position, because of course there's not many of us out here in American soccer at all. Yeah, I mean it's a shame that there's not enough black folks in, in the game. Period. Uh, youth, otherwise, you know. So um, I'm honored to kind of be that kind of lead bearer of, of you know, making an imprint on the game. I, I think if you if you talk to anyone who knows anything about soccer, if you gave the access to the black community to this game, the 
history of our athleticism and our, our passion to, to kind of compete at the best, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to, for the future of the U.S. soccer. I, I think that's where we have to start to turn. You know, we're, we're starting to make that turn into the Latin uh, community, but we're missing the black. We're missing the black community. So, so yeah. Um, I was really hoping to get him on this show for pretty much since we met him because he definitely had a profound effect on just the impression he left on me. I think I could speak for Ringo because he was um, there with me um, during that trip. I think he uh, definitely had a strong impression on him as well. And because I really wanted to get his perspective as far as just the the grind it is for black coaches to get the opportunities that, that they can in this country. Cause like I said, there hasn't been an American born coach, American born black coach in MLS yet. All the black coaches that have come have been born elsewhere. Some of them claim America, but they've all been born elsewhere. There's nobody that's been born here, developed here that's gone on to head coach in, in MLS. And for him to get that opportunity and we would communicate to him through our, our guy Yogi from our River City 93, there was always a reluctance for with him to come on. I think mainly because I think it was one of those cases where if he starts going, you don't know where you might stop. And of course, you know how networks and, and everything goes. It's like you don't want to say too much to where it might fuck up your, your future opportunities and everything. So I understood that part, but it's definitely uh, something to where I think that experience definitely needed to be fleshed out and talked about because that's that's a real issue in in this sport in this country and um you know for those of y'all to to kind of bring it home for me especially with mother's day just coming um of course you guys know my mom passed away nine years ago from a stroke and the fact that he passed away from a stroke and only at 41 you know i'm, I'm not that much you know um, younger than him and it's like that that just blows my mind that he was that young and how and and had a stroke and died, you know. Like when I first heard the news, that really really fucked with me. And you know, he leaves behind a wife, three kids, and and now they have to pick up the pieces from from this. And I get, I think his, his oldest kid is like six, and it's like, you know, it definitely brings things home as far as you know. You, he's about to have, they're about to have a life where they they will have very few memories of their dad and um it's it's tough it's just really tough um there's a uh a gofundme for it's basically a memorial fund for coach below we'll include the link um in our show notes um one thing that we've done is uh up on ftcutd.com there's a tribute name set uh, collection for him where all of the non-production proceeds from the sets will um, go to that GoFundMe, you know, try to do whatever we can to, you know, pay tribute to him, you know, and and uh, and, and give back because, you know, actually he just uh, the little bit of time that we had with him that was, um, you know, a really a really cool experience. And then you know, I can with our guys in Richmond, Yogi and Shanir, um, and even you know even like with us, you know. I think you, you can kind of catch the vibe from our interview with him. Um, I definitely think that, you know, he appreciated the fact that there were black voices, you know, emerging um, within the game, you know, from a supporter standpoint, you know, 
and just getting the time with him, you know, definitely meant a lot. And um, I, I, I hadn't said it in, in, a, in a while, but, um, you know, just make sure you check on your people, you know, just, you know, like you never know how much time that we have, you know, Tanner's, you know, talked about it earlier with um, AJ and Corey. We've all had losses, you know, especially with everything that's happened in the past year. You know, even if it's not somebody immediate, we probably know somebody who knows somebody who lost someone from COVID. And then, of course, it's just everything else that's, that just happens from an everyday basis that, you know, people are, you know, like you never know how much time you have. So it's definitely just important to, you know, reach out to your people, you know, check on them and, you know, just see, you know, how they're doing. You know, I said this weekend, we get a chance to do that with a lot of people here in Atlanta, people that we haven't seen in a while. So hopefully this weekend will be good for a lot of people. Stay masked up. Even if you're, even if you're vaxxed up, mask that shit up. So yeah, definitely, you know, this one's for, for Coach Bulo and um, 41, man. That's just, it's wild. But yeah, like I said, we'll uh, we'll talk about this experience uh, next week as far as getting met to the stadium and just being around people. And, you know, hopefully we'll all get a good chance to hug people that we haven't seen in a while. You know, make a positive experience out of this. But yeah, looking forward to that. Looking forward to next week's episode with Ty Phillips. Like I said, the, the Columbus crew. Um, that in itself might require another another 30 minutes um, to talk about because you yeah, have this. Everything I've heard from that has just been absolutely wild. But yeah, in, in the meantime, like I said, we're definitely uh, glad that you're able to come on this week with us. Uh, Tanner, where can they find you on the socials, man? At uh, Tanner W. McLeod on Twitter and on Instagram. I don't really use Facebook or Snapchat or TikTok just for, well, I guess I watch TikTok. I just, I've only yeah, TikTok. Like, I, I didn't have one until like three weeks ago and I'm just like, yo, that, that thing's dangerous. So I try not to go on but yeah, <laughs> I'm into it here at Tanner W. McLeod. You're getting older. He knows it now. He's getting older, Gregor. <laughs> he knows the dangers. <laughs> right, right, right. Good seeing you guys, even if it's just on video. And I can't wait to see you guys in person, hopefully sooner rather than later. Likewise, Likewise. And again, uh, those of y'all who made orders for the homeschool scarves, if you are listening to this, hopefully before, before Sunday, uh, definitely get with us. Um, shoot us a DM on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know if you want to pick up your scarves on uh, Saturday. Like I said, we can just mail it out to you. It's, it's, it's no, obviously, you paid for shipping, so it's no problem. So, um, But yeah, like, like I said, we will catch you guys next week with, with uh, Ty Phillips. Um, until then, you can catch us on the social uh, where TK and FTC you T T get in get in <laughs> um, but yeah man um, been a fun episode but yeah definitely just want to uh, make sure that you know we we show love to the memory of Coach Below and um, yeah so just uh, again take care of your people man but um, until next week mask up for TK for Tanner for Coach for Mayor it's Greg o. the coach is real the coach is everywhere see y'all this weekend guys see y'all soon I'll try to go FTC U T D